Welcome to Neighbor to Neighbor, a podcast focused on highlighting extraordinary individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ, a not-for-profit cooperative credit union based in Bellingham, Washington. The United States as a country is relatively young. The West Coast is even younger. But still, there's a lot of history in this area that most of us don't know about or don't think about. For example, did you know that there used to be skirmishes on what is now the United States-Canadian border between the Russians and the British? Do you know about the gold rush that happened just north of us in Canada? How about the fact that Ferndale used to be called Jam? My name is Keith Mater, and on this episode of Neighbor to Neighbor, I sit down with Wes Ganaway, the president of the Whatcom Historical Society. We discuss the history of Whatcom County. Well, Wes, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Glad to be here. So I'd love to just start out at the very top. Who is the Whatcom Historical Society? Uh, They're a group of people who are interested in the local history of the area. It's people who like to actually just uh, go back and find out what went on, you know, 100 years ago or 150 years ago and uh, see how it ended up, uh, it's basically, you know, what history is about is remembering the past so you can look at the future <laughs> in, in some form or another, or you want to know your background or, or uh, the backgrounds of your relatives, or perhaps you're just interested in that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and so it's a group of people, and do you, do you guys meet on a regular basis, or? Well, the board, we have a board yeah. of, uh, right now there's eight people, and so we meet once a month. And then we have the meetings uh, that, we don't have them in the summertime. Uh, the, the, you know, we have them from uh, starting in October and ending in April. And we have them at the old city hall museum mm-hmm. once a month. And uh, whatever topic somebody comes up with, we have uh, guest speakers that come in and give presentations on something that they are interested in and want to pass on, or uh, perhaps something they think everybody should know, or uh, something new. Uh, One of the speakers we have is uh, Candace Wellman, who's just finished a second book on her uh, investigation of the, and research of the uh, local native women who were married to white settlers and uh, she's going to be given a talk this month interesting so that type of thing is what we look for and hope to always get at our meetings cool so you so you have a board and you meet and you kind of have talks of and you know different people speak on different things mm-hmm. do you guys have any other like projects that you do throughout the year or any sort of yeah we do uh, we have a huge library of books that we have published or somebody has published and we're selling and because uh, our basic goal is education his, you know of the history of the area so uh, we do a lot of work with uh, people who are doing books or have done books and and uh, we've sponsored uh, several people in the past few years uh, to write books and to but we publish them and so uh, that's kind of a, a main thing also besides the meetings uh, we we have uh, 
oh, probably right now there's probably 15 different books, maybe more, at uh, Village Books for sale that we've had some you know, something to do with the book. I'm curious, what, what are some of those topics that um, the books cover? Yeah, well, mostly well, things like Saxon story, about the Saxon area, the county, the, the settling of it, people who live there. Uh, you know, there's, you know, that's the type of books usually we do is uh, somebody, somebody's ancestors came to Whatcom County in 1870s or 80s and, and they, they wrote down everything that their grandparents or great-grandparents said about it. And, or maybe they grew up there and they're writing about their life. Cool. Yeah, and so there's, it, it, you know, it really brings it kind of close. Uh, another thing we do is uh, we do a journal every year where we have a series of uh, short articles that we publish. And uh, so they, there's, uh, how many of them now? 18, I believe. 2000 was the first one, and then uh, we've added some extras also. So we're, we're up around uh, maybe 19 or 20 journals that we've done and uh, so and so the journal has just like little historical stories yeah, in it yeah yeah maybe five or six pages and, and uh, you know just maybe a few pictures and then a story similar like what I've just said about maybe somebody coming here or something that people are interested in uh, maybe the, the local history of like we did a whole uh, journal on uh, Western Washington University Mm-hmm. one year and their mm-hmm. anniversary and so uh, and about the uh, uh, you know well, like record companies or, or you know um, somebody's living here during the depression or, or things like that so you kind of take a you know magnifying glass and you look at one specific yes. part of the history yeah. in each mm-hmm. of the different journals that's really cool so when did you get involved in the Historical Society, and why did you get involved? I started attending meetings back in the 80s, and uh, I really got into it you know, probably in the 90s. And uh, by 2000, I was definitely you know, involved with projects associated with the uh, Society. And then uh, about, uh, oh, 2007 or 8 I joined the board and then I've been on the board since then and my main you know thing on the board has been president <laughs> so I would say I've been president for maybe eight or nine years now so what first got you interested in joining and going to meetings and, and kind of looking into Whatcom County's history well I, I attended Western back in the 70s and uh, I was uh, going from a degree in geology. Well, I noticed there was a lot of sandstone construction in the town. Mm-hmm. And I said, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder where that came from. So mm-hmm. I started doing research on the quarries and the history of the buildings. And pretty soon, <laughs> it's you know, my almost a, a lifetime thing. Uh, I really got into it big time. So Yeah. So why don't you go into that a little bit? So... There's a lot of sandstone. If you look at like the Rotor House in Bellingham, yes, yes. or what are some other buildings that have some some sandstone? Well, the Roth be? Block just up the street uh, on Holly. Yeah. Uh, there's a number of buildings in town that have sandstone trim or, or construction. The uh, the facings on the old uh, 
National Guard building, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, and then all, a lot of the buildings in Fairhaven had it. Uh, downtown Seattle, if you go to Pioneer Square, you'll see it all on all the buildings there. It went all over the West Coast. And uh, so, and that comes from quarries yeah. around in the area? Kind and of where are those quarries at? Uh, one was on top of Seaholm Hill, and that's yeah. what Old Main is built out of. Uh, Old Main The foundation Western. and the yeah. trim work. And then there was another one in Chuckanut Bay, and it was the big one. Mm. Uh, during the 1890s, they resupplied Seattle with uh, building stone after wow. the Great Seattle Fire in 1889. Mm. And uh, so you, that's where you see a lot of it. Uh, they, Rotors had that quarry. They had a contract with the military, well, with the government. And they supplied the uh, sandstone for a lot of buildings in uh, Fort Warden, uh, Fort Casey, whatnot so cool I didn't know that about yeah. Fort Casey yeah I've been meaning to plan a trip with my wife because she's never been to Fort Casey to go down there so oh. I'll look for the sandstone and yeah be like I know where that came from that came the from Bellingham yes you'd go into the fort in fact you drive by a wall and then there's some of the buildings uh, they have the foundations all the old officers houses officers row they have uh, sandstone foundations Cool. And up until 1905, all the buildings at Fort Warden had it, and then they switched to cement. So that was, you know, the, the big change there. Uh, you know, there's quite a bit of it in a lot of buildings up and down the coast, just Portland. And when you go to um, Larrabee State Park and you're out there on the rocks, that's sandstone, right? Yes. So that's kind of what you're talking about. Yes. In, yes. In mined in different areas. Yeah. Gotcha. Very cool. So what part of Whatcom County's history is most interesting to you? I mean, you obviously got initially interested because mm -hmm. of the quarries and the sandstone and, and stuff like that. But is it, I mean, would you say that's the most interesting part to you or is, or is there something else that's really been just kind of captivating to you? Well, it, it comes in a package. Yeah. <laughs> you have the first settlers uh, that, you know, that in uh, December 15th, 1852, there was a, uh, an Indian dugout that uh, came into the bay. They had uh, uh, Russell Peabody, Henry Roeder, uh, oh gosh, there was, I think, six, six European white men that showed up, and uh, most of them stayed here. It's an interesting, uh, they were looking for things to exploit, just like everybody else that came up here, whether it was gold mines or the salmon fisheries or timber. Mm -hmm. And of course, the big thing for them was timber. They built the sawmill at the mouth of Whatcom Creek. And uh, then of course, that wasn't enough to supply everybody here that was eventually here. And so uh, then they found the coal at the Seaholm coal mine there. Uh, that were the two big ones. Mm -hmm. And then of course, in 1856, uh, Pickett showed up with his ca uh, company and uh, he was kind of instrumental in keeping the place going because uh, there wasn't a whole lot of things going on here. There wasn't a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a little, kind of a little, I don't know what you call it, maybe a dozen houses here in mm -hmm. 1856 around the mill and then around the mine. Seaholm mm -hmm. uh, was much bigger at the time because they had the coal mine and they had uh, a work, quite a large, you know, group of workers there. Did Pickett build Fort Bellingham? Yes. And where was Fort Bellingham like located? 
It's about three miles west of here. There's actually a... Uh, so, like, presently, what, what's located there? It's off, off of uh, Marine Drive. Off Marine Drive. Yeah, and uh, there's a somebody's gardens there now. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, it's actually called uh, Fort Bellingham Road, uh, Drive that goes into the area. Cool. Just before you cross uh, into uh, the reservation down in that area there. Very it's cool. about three miles, four, three and a half miles. Awesome. Yeah. So kind of the whole package is kind of as you, so the, the yeah. sandstone and just looking around was like yeah. the, uh, the gateway for you, but then you started learning more about it. And, yeah. and it's, it is interesting when you start learning about history in places that you can look at mm-hmm. right there, right there, right there, <laughs> that's all around you, that you're like, oh, that's why that, yeah. that is. Were you, hist- were you into history growing up? You know, a little bit. I grew up in Ballard. Mm-hmm. And then also, I spent uh, quite a bit of time up in Darrington, Washington. Mm. I don't know if you know where that is. It's east of Arlington, about 20 miles. Yeah, yep. And, uh, you know, there was there was quite a difference there. Mm-hmm. But they both had interesting backgrounds. And even when I was a teenager, I kind of did some research on Captain Ballard and where mm-hmm. he settled and what happened to him and what happened to the Ballard area, you know, mm-hmm. became part of Seattle. And then Darrington with its logging community and a lot of uh, Tar Heels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's who I grew up with. You know, they kind of influenced me a little I bit. I don't actually know what a Tar Heel is. The person from uh, the Carolinas. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize that was part of the history. So people from North Carolina yeah. or the Carolinas came over here? Yeah, eventually what happened was uh, they, they, they came from the south and they worked in wood. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later on, they, a lot of them went up into Michigan and Wisconsin and worked in the forestry services there. Mm-hmm. And then as this area started developing their logging, then they moved this way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that there was a groups, there were groups of them, you know, like somebody'd show up and then he'd get a job and then he'd bring over his cousins and Mm. brothers and you know relatives and friends and uh, so that's how you kind of get a lot of those people from that area yeah they it's, just fall it's in, following relative and friends yeah, it's like Lyndon has a lot of people from Missouri and it, that's oh. what happened there too is that you know oh gee look at this you know all this farmland and a lot of Dutch people from Missouri is that what it is yeah oh gotcha yeah, so it's interesting I mean I think and I, I don't really know you know how accurate my perception is as compared to like the average person in this area but I always find it interesting to find out these things because you kind of just take them for granted like oh there's a bunch of you know people who are Dutch up in Linden mm-hmm. but like maybe you don't know why that is and it's just interesting to hear the story that's a, that's another issue there that the Dutch moving over um, you know and a lot of it is economics and the fact that they were dairy farmers in Holland, and then they came over here, and they were dairy farmers here, mm-hmm. and they cleared the land, and then they farmed land, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they they were very good at it, and they still are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. interesting. So, what part of our history is is most interesting to you? If you were to say that that one subject, even if it's just like your present most thing that you're most interested in, I guess it's a uh, uh, I, I'm big into buildings. Big into buildings. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, uh, old buildings. The older, the better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why my my, my interest uh, 
really centers on the uh, the old brick building. You know, it's the oldest brick building in Washington State. The the, the Walker Museum. No, no, the old brick courthouse on East Street. Oh, okay. The Carl Acres uh, taxidermy store or shop. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That's it, the oldest, you said? That's the oldest brick building, yeah. Wow. It still exists. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you were to like pick out just like a handful, like here are three or four buildings for you to just like go and check out in Whatcom County and just like look at with, you know, different eyes that you've had before, what would be like maybe three buildings and what would be the stories for those different buildings? Um, well, the Picket House is one, and yeah. of course that's controversial in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, they just uh, decided they were going to change the name of the bridge, the Picket Bridge, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on, uh, over the creek there. The uh, the Picket House, of course it wasn't built by Picket, it was built by uh, Russell Peabody's brother, John, and uh, so Picket lived in it, mm-hmm. but so did a lot of other interesting people. People mm. who, you know, ended up, uh, let's see, I think Fouts, he was involved with that, and he was a school superintendent for years, things like that, people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, you know, that it's built in 1856, and it's the oldest wooden structure in Washington State still on its original foundation. It hasn't been moved. Cool. Yeah. So you have two buildings in town right there that are significant in that they are old, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, they're still being used, uh, not necessarily for what they were built, but, you know, it's still being used. Uh, yeah. The Pickett House is now a museum, and the uh, the old brick building is now a private uh, concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just been purchased by uh, Brad uh, Parbury. Oh. And uh, he's doing the second restoration of it right now. Cool. And then you have... Uh, uh, other things like, you know, Burtison Farm, which is indicative of a 1910 farm here in Whatcom County. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so, and you have uh, a couple other places like that in the county. As far as the city of Bellingham, there's a lot of old buildings here that are still in good shape. For one thing, Bellingham never never had a major fire like Portland or Spokane, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they lost their downtown mm-hmm. stuff and so there's still some remnants here uh, the history here is as good as what Seattle can put out as far as I'm concerned <laughs> you know once you when you get into it and a lot of it is the uh, the fact that these were pretty conservative people that came up here in the 1800s and when they when they got big when they started building buildings you know big buildings and stuff they were conservative there and uh, so when you when you say conservative, well, like the, the buildings still exist like they were most of them. They weren't. They haven't been changed or modified. Most of them, uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of restoration in them. Which if you go out and stand in front of Old Main, you'll see it was built in 1897. Still looks like that the day it, it was built. Mm-hmm. So there's quite a bit of those buildings here. Cool. That's a good handful. It'd be kind of fun if you were to take a Saturday and be like, let's just go around to these yeah. different buildings and kind of, you know, do a little tour of Whatcom County. Yeah. You get out to Linden with the Bertheson? Bertheson Park, Bertheson. Yeah, north of Linden. Yeah, and you can go out there and walk yeah. the trails and see the, the barn. Yeah. 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 Cool. And the equipment. Yeah. They, they uh, yeah, there's, and then, of course, just the idea that 
you know, we at one point, well, like in Fairhaven, uh, the, it was built because the people that were involved with it were involved with the railroad coming mm -hmm. to town mm -hmm. in the 1890s. And uh, so they, they built it big, I mean, and fancy, and uh, it didn't last long. Wasn't there some sort of, like, almost like a competition for, like, a railroad port or something like that? Oh, yeah. Between... And it was like either Bellingham or like Tacoma or something something like that. Yes. Bellingham, you know, they bragged about Bellingham, about Bellingham Bay being closer to the Orient than Seattle or Tacoma. Oh, Things gotcha. like that. You know, that that was a big push. Mm -hmm. uh, there was uh, just a big push. Well, every city in Puget Sound wanted something out of that, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but... We had the, uh, in, in, like for instance, in 1905, we had five of the 10 largest sawmills in the world here. Oh, wow. And so uh, in 1890, 1889, 1990, and 1891, we had four intercontinental railroads here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so there, this was a big place. It wasn't as big as Seattle because for some reason, Seattle, you know, after 1880, it took off pretty good. Mm -hmm. Probably when we had. 30,000 people here and had 300,000 so. <laughs> but they they got a good start and so you know they were only uh, they settled there in what January March 1852 about eight months before people settled here uh, they had so as far as age it's not too different no not too different but uh, you know it's just who's there what they want to do uh, here they barely got by. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Rotor and Peabody started the mill. Uh, it didn't amount to much mm -hmm. because the uh, prices for cut wood were down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the flood in the market. The uh, the coal mine took off. It shipped uh, two or three uh, shiploads of coal to San Francisco. Uh, at one point, they were shipping 25,000 tons a month. And so there was, uh, you know, that, that activity, but that was all there was here, basically. You had the sawmill, which only probably ran six months of the year. Mm. And then you had the, the coal mine. It just, uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of people here. They were interested in making a living. Mm -hmm. And uh, there wasn't the attitude of expansion or, or you know, being big time. And then, uh, but when you had uh, people like Bennett and Cornwall involved, you know, Cornwall bought 3,500 acres of downtown Bellingham, and and uh, you know he was big time. <laughs> wow, that's a big chunk of town right there. Yeah, yeah. The cannery showed up. Yeah, that was another big thing. PAF, uh, world's largest salmon cannery. Mm -hmm. And uh, where was that? That was in Fairhaven, yeah, down on the waterfront oh, there. And there's also a big cannery up in Semiamu, wasn't there? At one point. Yes, yes, Much that later. was another one. They were. You had like again. You had the top five canneries in the world here. It was pretty. You know, so interesting. You, you could not walk. You could not access the bay mm. from Fairhaven around to uh, Squalicum Creek because mm. there was so much industry here in 1905, 1890s. Yeah, it was quite a place. Crazy, how the landscape has changed. Yes. Well, uh, the old brick courthouse building was built on the beach. 
Interesting. And, and it was probably 100 feet from the base of the bluff along Astor Street. Mm -hmm. Now it's, well, here we are. We're, what, a quarter mile from that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so a lot of this is man-made down here? It's all man-made. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. This is all mudflats. Yeah. Crazy. Back then. Interesting. Yeah. It's, you know, except for the waterway, mm -hmm. everything's been advanced out. Uh, you know, and you start to Squalicum Creek, mm -hmm. and if you go past there, then you're on the original beach. Oh. And then if you look, at, it starts to widen out, and then pretty soon you got the cold storage, and then you have, you know, the shipyards, and then marinas, and then, uh, and what they've done is they've replaced the, the sawmills that were there before them. And uh, so, you know, in 1858, uh, there wasn't any Holly Street, you know, there wasn't any streets at all because there were no wagons or horses or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you had the military road from Fort Bellingham that went down to Skagit Flats. Oh. Uh, that was about it there. I mean, <laughs> if people wanted to get anywhere, they took a boat. Mm -hmm. yeah. What are some parts of our history that might surprise people? Um... I think, yeah. you know, I, I grew up in Ferndale, and yeah, I always okay. found it interesting that Ferndale used to be called Jam. Yeah, Because okay. of the big log jam yep. on the Nooksack River. Mm -hmm. But, like, are there other, like, little tidbits like that that might surprise people? I think so. There's uh, a lot of history here. For instance, there was Old Bellingham. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe people, you know, realized that there was a city of Bellingham. It actually never did anything. Maybe it had 20 buildings in it. Um, you had Seaholm, which originally was uh, where the coal mine was, mm -hmm. and there's no sign of the coal mine there now, but it, it was the only reason Seaholm existed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you have Watcom, which is now, you know, pretty much disappeared, except for a couple of old buildings. Yeah. So you kind of had three different towns yeah. that are all kind of now called Bellingham. Yeah. Watcom, Seaholm, and... Bellingham. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you had, on this side, you did. Uh, it started out with Watkin. Mm -hmm. Seaholm came about the same time. In fact, uh, Roder's helpers for the sawmill, uh, the sawmill was completed in 1853. Uh, and he hired a couple of guys, Hewitt and Brown, who were uh, out looking for logs. And they found the coal about where the uh, end of Cornwall is. And then, uh, so that got developed there and so the town of Seaholm sprang up from the coal mine workers. And, uh, and then in 1880s, uh, late 1880s, uh, that's when uh, Dan Harris platted Fairhaven. And uh, that became a big deal. Bennett, Nelson Bennett and those guys came in and they put a lot of money into that. You know, they bought the town site. They bought the old Bellingham town site. So they had everything south of, uh, say, Garden Street. I mean, uh, um, like Maple, somewhere near Maple or Berry Street. That was all part of Fairhaven at one time. Uh, and the politics, oh my. <laughs> you think it's bad now? You should, because it was then too. It was, uh, well, it always has been. Since, Probably different issues. <laughs> yeah, different issues. Uh, 
who wanted to be the biggest and the best, and you know that was a big thing back then. Mm. You know, a lot of competition. Uh, you know, Bennett got the railroad, but uh, Wacom got the train depot. Mm. So yeah, you had a lot of uh, you know little shenanigans going on. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. So obviously. The proximity to Canada has played a, a big part in shaping our economy. Um, can you talk more about our relationship and our proximity to Canada in a more historical context? You know, it's amazing that there's so much cross, uh, you know, we've had the border here since day one, of course, but in fact, it really didn't have any significance early on. It wasn't until probably the 1920s that anybody really even paid attention to it. You know, it was just, and that was because we were getting an influx of uh, of uh, people coming in here that were perhaps uh, passing through a lot of them, and uh, so they evidently decided they had to have some kind of control. Well, they did, like the Chinese. Uh, the Chinese were coming over here to work in the sawmills and in the industry, the mines. Uh, uh, you know, they were building, using them for labor for a lot of things here, railroads and whatnot. And so the government said, well, there's got to be some control here. So that's when they started customs houses and immigration, things like that. And so that kind of came about about the turn of the last century. Really. Yeah. The Hudson's Bay Company. Yes. Um, my wife and I took our girls up to um, Fort Fort Langley, yes. and we learned a lot about the Hudson's Bay Company. Um, they were a big force in kind of that area up there. What impact did they have down here on Whatcom County? The Hudson Bay Company, uh, they controlled everything north of the Oregon-California line, clear up into, well, to the Russian-Alaska area mm -hmm. in the 1800s. They basically uh, were here for the same reason everybody else came at that period of time, was to exploit the resources. Yeah. And they were granted a charter in the 1600s to control everything west of, uh, say, Ontario. Mm. And pretty much did. They had uh, uh, control, their, their main goal was to have fur trapping, you know. Uh, For beavers? The beavers, yeah. the otters, uh, mm -hmm. whatever else. I mean, they hauled out thousands of deer, deer hides and things like that, too. Mm -hmm. uh, there was always a market for something like that. Mm -hmm. they, uh, uh, the first settler, the first guy that actually did any work here was uh, uh, cutting ship spars for the Hudson Bay Company hmm. in, in the area. And he's the one that actually found the coal and told oh. somebody else about it. Wow. And so Paddle, William Paddle was his name. And he had wow. yeah, Paddle's Point and whatnot down here. Uh, he actually lived here for a while and started the Paddle Mine, which is at the uh, uh, down by the uh, other end of the bay there by Fairhaven. Interesting. And uh, so, so you he, had. He was working for he was, Hudson's Bay Company. Yes, he was. And um, another person that was working for the Hudson Bay Company was uh, uh, the guy who settled Ferndale area first. Oh. Yeah. Um, I don't remember his name, but uh, he had a little. His wife ran a canoe to, uh, for people to cut across the river there. 
And so you had these settlers that had been either working for the Hudson Bay Company or were actively, you know, or, or had worked for the Hudson Bay Company, and they, they settled in the area too. So they're part of our history here as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the Hudson Bay Company's goal was to trap out every living creature between here and Utah <laughs> uh, in the hopes that the American settlers wouldn't come up into the area because they oh. had not left any resources like Interesting. that. Interesting. That was an 1830s. That was their strategy. Yeah, that was 1830s, wow. 1840s. Uh, in fact, there was a trading post at the headwaters of the Ten Mile Creek in the 1830s um, when they opened up the Northeast Diagonal Road from Bellingham Bay out to present-day Everson. Mm. Then, of course, they, the ruins of the building were still visible at that time in mm. 1870s. So, uh, but they had been in this area for quite some time and they, they built their forts and they traded with the natives and intermarried with the natives and so their goal was just to stay here. Um, they actually, the Russians, you know, they were coming down too. They were interested oh, the Russians. in here. Yeah, well, That's had, interesting. Uh, they had settled Af Alaska mm -hmm. and they were slowly moving south along the coast and oh. uh, so 54 degrees, you know, we had the 54-40-year fight thing in the, in the 1830s. Well, part of that was from the fact that at 54 degrees, there was a treaty line there between the Russians and the, and the uh, uh, British. Oh. So that he, they wouldn't come across that. Is and, that the border? Yeah. That the, was the... The U.S.-Canada border at that time. Well, it was the British and Russian border. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> and so... The, the Hudson Bay Company had large farms. and In fact, one of them was on San Juan Island, mm -hmm. and that's how the San Juan, the pig war got started. The pig war, yeah. yeah. So they had, uh, they grew food, and they would trade that to the Russians, and in return, the Russians wouldn't come any further south. Interesting. Yeah. See, I, I just was not aware that there was, that, that I don't know, Russians were coming down from Alaska, mm -hmm. and, and that there was any sort of like, so what happened to the Russian population? Uh, they just never really got off the ground. I mean, you know, you had Sitka, which was the capital of Russian Alaska, and, and uh, you know, they had the same thing going on. It was mostly trading with the natives and uh, trapping and things like that. And uh, Did a lot of them just kind of, like, settle in present-day, like, British Columbia? Like, Yeah, well, it would have, you know, it would have been that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, but unfortunately, it's like, the French coming over, there were no home support. Mm. In other words, uh, uh, maybe one or two important people were involved with the settlement here because they had to have a backing. Mm -hmm. But once that backing kind of pittered out, yeah, fizzled, yeah. then of course, they, you know, they without backing, they, they couldn't make a go of it because there really wasn't much here. I mean, the, the idea that the uh, uh, Russians uh, would exploit. It enough to stay was pretty much improbable. Mainly, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, we really didn't start exploiting it ourselves until long after we had bought, purchased the land. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm curious um, about the history of Lummi Island. Oh, okay. What do you know about that? So Lummi Island, actually, you know, it was called Lummi Island because uh, it, theoretically it was the home of the Lummi Indians for a while. 
But what they were doing is they were moving from, uh, like, for instance, the Lummies actually originated probably, oh, Whidbey Island, up, up, up out in that area, maybe oh. a little further north, uh, Orcas Island, up in there. Cool. And uh, they slowly migrated to the mainland here. Mm. And so the, uh, the other tribe that was here, which was much larger and still is, uh, or in land-wise, was the Nooksack tribe. Oh. Uh, and they, they were friendly with the Lummies. They kind of combined and, and uh, the Lummies, you know, moved in and kind of took this part of the coastline, mm-hmm. basically, they, uh, on where they're now Sandy Point. And then they also had villages, well, around Bellingham Bay, in fact. There were two of them on around the mouth of the creek, Watches oh, Creek. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Portage Bay was the uh, big one there. Uh, one of the reasons they kept moving was because the Haidas and the uh, Clinkets would come down from Canada, from oh. the Queen Charlotte's and Vancouver Island, and they would raid. Oh, and so the Lummi tribe would get raided from Can- yeah. Canadian tribes. Yes, and so uh, that had gone on for hundreds of years, and so they uh, there was a battle that, where they actually drove off the invaders, uh, but most of the time it was the the invaders at one, and so that kept the mummies moving to hopefully what would been a, be a safer, safer place. place for them. Yeah. And once they got on the mainland, then of course they could set up, uh, you know, maybe like if they had a raid, they could run into the wilderness somewhere oh, and then get gotcha. away. Or As opposed to being on an island where you're kind of stuck yeah, there. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, and then, it, you know, and of course then when... Uh, Pickett came. That was why he was here. He was, uh, you know, to keep the peace amongst the natives and keep the Haida from raiding. Mm. I mean, you know, there's the Haida came down. They, they were pretty nasty. I mean, they they came down for two things, and that was to raid, and or to trade with the Hudson Bay Company mm. in Victoria. Otherwise, uh, you know, they, but they would come down maybe once or twice a year in their big war canoes. And, uh, Once or twice a year, they would come down and, and raid. Oh yeah! Wow. But in the, you know during the months when they, you know they, there was a lot of other activity going on too. They did come down to trade and they did trap and whatnot. But their big thing was taking slaves. Oh wow! And uh, and they they never killed off everybody because they wanted them. <laughs> they wanted them to know, reproduce so they could yeah, get reproduce. more slaves later. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it was. Uh, of course, their big thing was to take anything of value, mm-hmm. and that would have been, uh, you know, everything from tools, weapons, clothing, women, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> ch- children. Uh, wow. Yeah, so, you know, slavery isn't unique to the Western world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it's been going on for a while. But that's basically the origin uh, as put out by the, you know, there's legends that they have, and then of course, uh, the other natives, tribes in the area, the Nooksacks, uh, the Sumas tribe, there was another tribe uh, up around the border hmm. uh, that have now pretty well disappeared. But they were probably, by the time Vancouver showed up in 1890s, or 1790s, about at least a third to maybe half of the natives here died. 
they'd already been exposed to the diseases. Oh wow! Measles and uh, you know uh, smallpox and things like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, they they had, yeah. There's some really bad stories about things like that. You know where the Hudson Bay Company, for instance, uh, they actually uh, tried to inoculate natives. Wow. Uh, they well, they depended on the natives for their uh, you know their trading mm-hmm. for their pelts and things like that. And so they would uh, come come in and they would try to help the natives as much as they could. Uh, one story is about uh, if you go northeast of. Uh, Langley, there's another trading post that was up there in the hills and uh, around Stahican or someplace. And that one, uh, the natives showed up in the front of the fort hmm. begging for help. Hmm. And the guys in the fort, they had run out of medicine. Oh, wow. And they sat there and watched hundreds of natives die. Oh, my goodness. You know, because they couldn't help them. So they they really, uh, you know, it was, it was horrible. Killed you know, millions of, they've, you know, probably killed at least half of the natives in North America, wow. diseases. Wow. Craziness. So that, 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 uh, that was probably also another reason why the Lummies moved is because wherever they were at, people would get sick and die and so they'd leave. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a bad place. We've got to go somewhere else. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That's why they kind of moved around so yeah. much because yeah. people were getting sick and so... Mm-hmm have a safer place to live just for many reasons. So we haven't talked about the gold rush on the Fraser River mm. at all, but I know that did play a part in the early oh, yes, Bellingham yeah. history, which I, I'm yeah. just curious about. So uh, talk about that. Okay, 1857, big year. Yep. There's a, there's a guy who's a trader who's selling liquor to the Indians up there uh, just around the border. The border... The border people are starting to set up in 1856. They're coming in with their equipment, and they're starting to kind of figure out what they're going to do about the border survey. And uh, they have a group of soldiers with them to protect them from the natives or whoever. And so they arrest uh, this guy for selling uh, liquor to the natives, and Hmm. he's got gold nuggets on him. Oh. And they ask him, where'd you get the gold nuggets? Well, the tribe here, he gave it to me, you know in trade and uh, so within you know a, a few months the Hudson Bay Company had been trading with these same natives and they had accumulated about six somewhere between 600 and 800 ounces of gold wow and they they shipped that to the San Francisco mint of all the places in the world mm. shipping gold to San Francisco when oh. you've got 30,000 gold miners there yeah <laughs> and so in May of 1858, the first boatload of miners shows up in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Four of them get off. Four hundred of them get off the boat. Another two hundred come here because we're closer to the gold fields than Victoria is. Mm-hmm. That's fifty miles down the river, you know, down the the coast. And yeah. so, by June of 1858, there's ten thousand miners here. Wow! If someone wanted to learn more about the history of Whatcom County, where would you point them? To the local library, <laughs> the Bellingham Library, or Ferndale, or any of them. Uh, there's, they all have sections on local history, cool. and uh, there's some really good books out there. Uh, a lot of them. What's know, the title of a book that you'd recommend? Uh, well, Fourth Corner. Fourth Corner. Lila Judson's Fourth Corner. 
it, it's, it, there's a lot of writing, but that's probably the best one to get as starter. And then there's a lot of books like, uh, well, for instance, uh, Candace Wellman's book on the natives. I mean, that's, that's kind of at the other end of the spectrum where you have it's specific, it's very detailed, mm-hmm. and it's very well written. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's, you know, just, uh, there's a whole range of books in there. There's uh, books on the logging, there's books on the settlement, the town. Uh, but that overall is a good starter book. Yeah. But there's yeah, the library and then, of course, going to the museum. I mean, the old, the old uh, City Hall Museum has always uh, got things on uh, display there that deal with the local history. Uh, the photo archives at the museum. Uh, and then you have uh, the Western up in the top floor of the library at Western. There's a section on uh, a lot of the old history here, as well as the uh, Northwest Archives building that's on the Western campus. Lots of resources. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Neighbor to Neighbor, a community-driven conversation highlighting individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ. Unless specifically stated otherwise, WeQ does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast, and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement.